Hey, I'm Kelly McEvers, and this is Embedded. And first off, we just want to say thank you to all of you who have reached out to us this past week. We are getting in touch with as many of you as we can. So I have this friend who works in an ER in New York City, which, as you probably know, is where the highest number of people in the U.S. now have COVID-19 and where the highest number of people are dying from it. Anyway, last week, I called her to ask what she was seeing. And back then, she was like, I'm in Manhattan. Things seem pretty normal so far. Maybe because a lot of people left town. And then, just a few days later, I called her again. And I was like, how's it going now? And she was like, oh my god, it's terrible. It's really terrible. Like, truly terrible. I can't play you the recording of our calls. She's afraid if she uses her name or even if someone recognizes her voice, she could get fired. So I'm just going to tell you what she said. At her hospital, primary care doctors are doing a lot to keep people from coming in unless they absolutely have to. Still, my friend says the hospital is totally packed and totally overwhelmed. Nearly all the patients coming into the ER have COVID. After one shift the other day, she told me it felt like she was swimming in it. And she said it's just really frustrating to try to treat these patients. The only thing I have for them is oxygen, she said. Like, there's no medicine to treat COVID. So the only question is how to get oxygen to patients and when. Like this one patient who came in. He's in his 70s, and his wife had already been admitted to the hospital with COVID and was in critical condition. He's a healthy guy with no other medical problems. And once he got COVID symptoms, he tried to ride it out at home. But he started having a lot of trouble breathing, so he came in. His oxygen was so low, my friend immediately called for a team to put in a breathing tube so they could get him on a ventilator. The team came running down, and my friend told the man what they were about to do. But the man said, no thank you. He did not want to be on a machine. And my friend said, I just want to make sure you understand there's a chance you could die. And the man said, yes. And then my friend called the man's close relative just to confirm this was consistent with his wishes. And the relative said that it was. And this is the part in the conversation with me where my friend got angry. This relative could lose two people in one week, my friend said, and it did not have to happen this way. Like this many people did not have to get sick. She says, instead of only testing people who were admitted into the hospital, we also should have been testing people who came in with symptoms but then were sent back home and people who we know were in contact with infected people. And here's the part where I'm just going to read you the words my friend said. I just feel so angry when I think about it, because this was totally preventable. We had knowledge that this was a possibility. We had the sequencing of the freaking virus already. We had months to prepare, and we did nothing. If they'd been testing right from the beginning, we never would have gotten to this point. And now it's just so, so sad, because it's taking out all of the grandparents. Two days later, I talked to my friend again, The man in his 70s was still alive and still not on a ventilator. She told me, it all just shows you that we're learning how to do this as we go. 
We'll be right back after this break. Right now, every household in the country is being asked to fill out the U.S. Census. It's the form that helps us determine how voting districts are redrawn, where to build public schools and hospitals, how to spend federal money. So why are some people afraid to fill it out? We're getting into all that this week on NPR's Code Switch podcast. Okay, we're back. And on today's show, we're going to be talking about another thing that happens when you have an outbreak and there's not enough testing to see who does and who doesn't have the virus. And sometimes people try to take advantage of that. You are joining a call with two other people. Hello. Hi. Embedded reporter Tom Dreisbach has been looking into one company that had an offer that seemed too good to be true. Hi, can you hear me okay? Yes. We eventually figured out how to talk to each other and to record it. Okay, I am recording. Are you recording yet? Yep, I'm taping, I'm taping, I'm rolling, I'm sitting in the shed. Okay. So, yeah, so you have a story. Yes. And you're going to tell it to me. So why don't you just yeah, start? Yeah, let me, let me start. So this story starts a little more than a week ago uh, with a tip. The tip came in the form of a forwarded email, and the subject of the email was COVID-19 test now available FDA approved. And the person who originally wrote the email claimed he had a connection to a company that was selling an at-home COVID-19 test that was 98% accurate. They only cost $49.95, and you could buy yours now and get it shipped to you within about a week. And it linked to a website called StopCorona28.com. So what did you think when you saw that message? Well, my immediate reaction was definitely super skeptical. Okay. Um, the person who sent the email, his name is John Samidian, and he works for a company called Zero G Colony. Uh, that's his company. You know, probably the one thing you may have heard of about this company is that back in 2013, they were promoting a planned Lady Gaga concert in space uh, where they were going to go send Lady Gaga into space and she would be the first person ever to do a concert in space. Okay, I never heard of that. <laughs> this is an actual story. Lady Gaga has taken her out of this world outfits out of this world. She'll be the first to sing in space. The performance will be in partnership with the three-day zero-G colony High-tech Thing is, uh, Lady Gaga never went to space. Didn't think I'd heard about that. Yeah, and like, the question is, what would a person who is most famous for, you know, trying to promote a Lady Gaga concert in space have to do with coronavirus test kits? Right. Obvious question. Yes. So I emailed back and forth with him. I tried to talk with him on the phone, but he would not agree to a phone interview. But he did tell me by email that he was promoting these tests as a favor to his friend with the company that was selling them. So he's basically saying, I'm not directly involved in this thing. I'm just passing it on. I mean, he told me he wasn't making money on these tests right now. But he did say he was going to work with the company on what he called big wholesale deals around the world. And he said he was going to earn a commission on those deals. Okay. Next step was trying to figure out 
okay, who is this company that John Samidian was connected to? Uh, where are they getting these tests from? Uh, how are they selling them? That took me down a bunch of different rabbit holes. Eventually, I was able to track down an address to a company called the Wellness Matrix Group, which is this small but publicly traded company in Southern California and Huntington Beach, California. And I tried to reach various people there at their main phone number and then their contact for investor relations. That really wasn't getting me anywhere. And then I spotted this tweet by a guy named Brian J. Esposito. He's from New Jersey. He says, It is with great pleasure to announce the rollout of hashtag coronavirus at-home testing kits. And he links to the Stop Corona 28 website. I figure, okay, finally, here's a person online who's talking about these test kits. I reply to him in a tweet, say, hey, can we set up an interview? I'd love to talk to you about these tests. He says, absolutely, and not only that, he says he'll set up a time to talk with the vice president of marketing for this company, the Wellness Matrix Group, a guy named David Saltrelli. As I'm thinking about the interview um, and preparing, then I go to the FDA and I ask them, you know, is it true that there's any at-home test kits available? And they send me guidance that says very explicitly, the FDA has not approved any at-home test kits, period. And then I called up these guys, David Saltrelli and Brian Esposito. Okay, so just want to confirm I'm recording now. Um, David, I'll start with you. Do you have any background in healthcare? Um, no, other than I have used it. You know, I don't. I don't mean to make that as a joke, but uh, my biggest background is, uh, you know, startups and marketing and doing promotions. Uh, then I start asking, okay, tell me about the tests you're supposedly selling. He says that they had been working for several months on finding the right manufacturer. They had found that. They had gone through the FDA process to get those validated, make sure they worked. You know, obviously, you got to make sure the accuracy of the test, you just can't. You know, just pull a test out of nowhere. And then I asked him, okay, but where are the tests from? You know, we're not going to give you the exact source, but we're right now it's uh, from Hong Kong. And then I ask, you know, the biggest question of all, the most important question is, the FDA says they have not approved any at-home test kits, and yet this company is selling at-home test kits. Yeah, they don't, they don't really approve. They just make sure they look at your testing See that you tested it, it was accurate, and, you know, what you're saying, is, you know, is accurate. So they don't endorse is what I'm trying to say. Okay, but don't they have to approve or authorize? You know, you say they did approve your, your product. Uh, I'm sorry, too technical for me, but uh, they approved and gave a POC approval, which is point of care. Point of care means a test that you can take at a hospital or in a clinic instead of like a lab test, but that is different than an at-home test. Okay, but but you're selling your product for at-home use. Right. I don't want to be rude. I, I don't know. It's probably, uh, you know, an attorney question. Okay. 
I, I just don't want to, I don't want to give you an answer and not be right. Brian, maybe you can add more. I don't know. Yeah, unfortunately, that's not my area. My area is uh, help the company grow uh, with any of their products, medical devices, wearables, or uh, we can get back like to that. Tom, how about that? Let me. Yeah, let me please let me know. Yeah. So after this, uh, they promised to send me additional information, but over the course of several days of me asking, I never got anything from them that provided any evidence of FDA approval. Now I'm wondering, has anyone actually ordered these tests? You know, have people actually been using a COVID-19 test that the FDA says it has not approved? And then I get a message on Twitter from a guy named PJ Sadowski. Uh, He replied to me because he saw I had messaged someone with a company, and he said he and his friends had all bought tests. I reach back to PJ. He connects me with a whole group of friends that have been doing basically the exact same sleuthing that I've been doing all week. Turns out they got the same email that I got in the beginning, the one from John Simidian, uh, Mm. the guy who worked on the Lady Gaga in Space Concert. And this group of friends, like a lot of people, they've been hearing all of these stories about how there's no test kits available. And even if you get one, it can take days or even weeks to get a result. You know, they were terrified of getting sick themselves or even getting other people sick. And they felt like these tests might be a lifeline. I talked to more than a half dozen of them. And they all had kind of different reasons for wanting to buy the test kits. Um, you know, there was Max Slows. He is an employment lawyer here in L.A. And his mom, he told me, has Alzheimer's. His mom's name's Peggy. Um, she lives just outside of L.A. She's on hospice care right now. He's not sure how long she'll live. And at the end of March, her 84th birthday was coming up. You know, she's not in a condition where I, I can FaceTime with her and have her even be responsive at all. The ability to to put your hand on someone's shoulder right now in her condition is really, um, it's really meaningful and really vital. But he just thought, I don't know that I can visit her without being totally sure that I don't have COVID-19. I just felt like it wouldn't be responsible to be around her without having some level of confidence that I'm not contagious. And so he got this email and figured, you know, normally I would do a lot more research and Googling, but, you know, it was a pretty professional-looking website. It said FDA approved, and other people in the group were going through similar things. Chelsea Gooden had gotten sick. She was worried it might be COVID-19. My chest felt like I'd smoked a pack of cigarettes, so I was, I was just freaked out. Her husband, Charles Gooden, was worried about the rest of their family. My parents live nearby, and I thought, wait a minute, you know, they're in their mid-70s. You know, let's just get some for them, and they have it in case. So they bought six kits in total. PJ and his wife, Anna, bought kits. So I was having a lot of one-on-one contact with people, and I'm also, you know, 11 weeks pregnant, and I was just very concerned about my exposure level. Wow. And so they all bought these test kits. But then a week went by, the tests still hadn't arrived, and that seemed to confirm, you know, their fear that 
what they had bought was not what was advertised, which was a quick FDA-approved at-home test. Eventually, most of them try to cancel the charges on their credit cards. Um, And for Max Sloves, who's just trying to visit his mom, her birthday came and went, and he still hadn't gotten a test. He still didn't feel like he could visit her, and so he missed her birthday. And he told me he's just not sure when he'll be able to visit his mom next. To think that someone would prey upon people's known anxieties and fears in a moment just so fraught with uncertainty and panic. It's so repulsive. At this point, I have enough reporting to take what I've found to people in the government. Uh, I actually go to the House Oversight Committee, reach out to them. Uh, Two members of that committee, Raja Krishnamurthy and Katie Porter, launch an investigation based on what we've reported. Uh, And then because this is all unfolding in Southern California, I reach out to the Los Angeles City Attorney. His name is Mike Fewer. His office, uh, in response, sends a cease and desist letter to the company asking that they stop selling any at-home test kits. Uh, I also go back to the FDA again. They reiterated to me that they have not approved any at-home tests. I think they're sick of me asking at this point because I've asked so many times just to make sure. Uh, But they declined to comment on any individual company. Finally, the company removed any link on their site where you could actually purchase anything anymore, like the shopping cart on the website was taken down. And they put up a statement uh, where they now say that it was always their sole intention to sell the test as a point-of-care system. So that means only for use with a doctor or healthcare provider. In other words, they're claiming they never meant to sell purely at-home tests to use by yourself. And if customers inadvertently purchased the test kits without access to a healthcare provider, they said they could either get an immediate refund of their purchase, or they said they would provide telemedicine so that some sort of healthcare provider could walk them through that process. Wait, so they're saying if you bought one of these tests, we'll walk you through it. Don't worry. We'll help you do the test on yourself. Right. And so I went back to the FDA and I asked, okay, I know at-home test kits are not approved, but what about at-home test kits with some sort of telehealth component where a doctor walks you through it. And they told me, no, those are also not approved. We have not approved anything where you can take the test at home with the guidance of a doctor. Um, And so do we know, like, how many people have bought these tests? We don't know exactly how many, um, but I was able to verify more than $1,000 in purchases by looking at the receipts from the customers I talked to. The company would not tell me, you know, how many that they had sold. And the one way that we might actually get that number is because the U.S. House Oversight Committee, when they sent a letter to the company, they asked for that exact information. And so they might either get an answer voluntarily or they can actually issue a subpoena to the company to force them to say how many kits they sold and how much money they made off of it. So, you know, journalists, we don't have subpoena power, but uh, the Congress does. So maybe we'll be able to find out that way. And did you ever I just want to be really clear, too. Did you ever end up talking to anyone who received a test, who ordered one? 
No. All of the customers we talked to, they all say they never even received a shipping confirmation email, and nothing ever came in the mail. And so, I mean, the thing that I just can't help thinking is, like, if we had had the testing from the beginning, right, in January, when there was the first confirmed case of COVID-19 in the United States, if there had been widespread testing at that point, like, all the experts agree we needed to have, like, this might not have even happened. Right, that people wouldn't be so desperate that they would rely on, like, an email from a friend of a friend of a friend to buy a test. And, you know, I actually talked with this woman named Patty Zettler. She's a law professor at The Ohio State University. She used to work for the FDA. She was an associate uh, chief counsel there. And she told me, like, this always happens in a public health crisis when the disease or condition doesn't have a clear treatment or cure. There's just opportunities for scammers, basically, to cheat desperate people out of a buck. Right. And so the news you can use out of this reporting that you've done, Tom, is really simple. There is no at-home testing right now. Yeah. If you see anyone selling an at-home test, it is not FDA approved, which essentially means the U.S. government does not know whether it works or not. And so really watch out for that. If you or anyone you know has tried to get anything calling itself an at-home test kit, write to Tom at tdriesbach, that's T-D-R-E-I-S-B-A-C-H, at npr.org, or find him on Twitter at Tom Dreisbach. Also, we want to honor the people who have been lost to this virus. And so if you or someone you know has lost someone, please reach out and tell us their story. Leave us a voice memo and send it to embedded at npr.org or just write to us, embedded at npr.org. This episode was produced by Tom Dreisbach and Chris Benderev and edited by Lisa Pollock and Neil Carruth. Our lawyer is Ashley Messenger, and we had help from Steven Zansberg. Special thanks to Patty Zettler, Hanky Greeley, Nita Farahani, music from Blue Dot Sessions, and Ramtin Arablui. We will be back soon with more stories from the pandemic. In the meantime, thanks, stay healthy, and safe.